Thank you so much for clicking on this week's episode of Gillyweed Girls. It's officially December, and before we know it, we'll be recording our New Year episode. 2023 will be knocking on the door. And looking back at 2022, I feel like everybody listening can agree there have been massive ups and downs this year. In February, right off the bat, Putin started a war, and that continues plaguing society today, Ukraine today. We also learned, though, that manatees are no longer endangered. Hell yeah. So, ups and downs. Our political world has been hell all year (laughs) with trials in the states and revolutions abroad, hate crimes at the World Cup, but... The World Cup also lets us watch cool games and get excited and bond over these cool, exciting games with loved ones. Anyway, we have that going on. Ups and downs. We're, we're around the theme today, really, of kind of like love and pain. Ups and downs, good and bad, yin and yang, black and white, if you will, whatever you want to call it. Um, good news and bad news, I almost feel yeah. like should be a more accurate title. <laughs> Following with this theme of good news, bad news, there's an article that was published on December 6th, uh, 2022, so today for us, but maybe not today for you if you're listening, but UC Santa Barbara, their National Center for Ecological Analysis and Synthesis, where they released their annual Ocean Health Index scores was published, so we got 2022's general assessment of the ocean's health and well-being, Um, and the number is hilarious, so I was like, we've (laughs) got to talk about this. As an environmental scientist, too, Kayla has her bachelor's degree in environmental sciences. We've we've got to talk about this. Heck you know, yeah. we can't skip. I it. mean, not to mention our entire podcast right now is solely focusing on ocean lore, and we I don't know. I feel like we have to talk about the health of the ocean. We can't just discredit that. Not to mention anybody that is listening to this and cares about ocean lore enough to listen to our podcast probably gives at least a little bit of a crap about the ocean, and this would interest them. <laughs> too. Um, I've always loved trying to investigate ways to make the earth a planet that I'm proud to live on and pass down to my babies. The earth and sea are able to sustainably provide food, recreational opportunities, literal livelihoods, and a ton of other benefits that humans have relied on for millennia now. And it's not easy to figure out the state of the ocean. Like we can't just ask the ocean how it's feeling today or what it needs or if it's healthy. You know, like is your marine environment clean enough? Are your ecosystems intact? Are the fish and other marine life inside of you able to support themselves, you know? So I feel like it's awesome that this, that all of these scientists have come together to kind of like give this ocean score. Yeah, and the article, it explains all of these factors and of course way more, like ones that they've not considered, we've not considered, ones we don't even know because we're not like psychic ocean <laughs> mind readers. We, we have so much to uncover still. Um, so... All of these factors that contribute to overall ocean health and really ultimately health of the entire planet and us, you know, uh, scientists from UC Santa Barbara discovered um, by measuring the vital signs of our oceans in a metric called the Ocean Health Index, as we've said. It's basically this comprehensive framework that gauges the ocean's health in all of these different areas that Kayla and I have mentioned so far. And it uses indicators like water quality and livelihoods and economies and carbon sequestration. So it goes, you know, 
all over the place and whether you are a beginner learning about marine health and the biodiversity of our waters or you know somebody with a PhD you should definitely check out this article the assessments are rolled into this big score it takes all of these different factors into account it's UC Santa Barbara so I trust the reliability of their analysis I bet they do a really great job in peer review yeah um, and like in post-production <laughs> using all of the information if you will um, but this year, 2022, my spirit animal year, because my birthday is February 22nd, so 2022, favorite, favorite year, I've always been excited for this one, and of course, for our millennial Gen Z cuss baby souls, <laughs> the score is 69 out of 100. Ben Halpern, the NCEAS director and head of the OHI project, and the OHI project is the Ocean Health Index project, said... Although this doesn't seem like a very high score, one would think it would be much worse given all of the doom and gloom stories we hear about the state of the ocean. So, yeah, we have a D, but it's a D plus. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, honestly, mm -hmm. I mean, 69 out of 100 is not that bad. <laughs> I... <laughs> I was honestly surprised that it was as high as 69. Did I say something wrong? Um, no, it's just I was honestly surprised at the 69. Oh my it gosh. I'm 12. I mean, it's valid though. It's funny. But for real, from the amount that humans have been like over harvesting fisheries and polluting the ocean with trash, I would personally expect it to be way worse than 69. So for the past decade, the global score has actually been hovering at about 70. So it sucks that we've dropped that point, you know, um, and that's to be expected for an average that includes individual assessments for 220 different coastal countries. So unsurprisingly, the regions with the highest scores tend to be uninhabited or have just low human population in general, which honestly is not surprising. Um, and then there are some like very developed and high populated areas that have pretty high scores like New Zealand is has a score of 81. The Bahamas have a score of 81. And I was honestly really surprised to learn that the United States came above the global average with a score of 71. So honestly, I was too. Yeah. So shout out to the US because I would have assumed it would have been extremely low for like the ocean. I thought worse of us and I was mm -hmm. absolutely thrilled that my thoughts yes. were not reality. Same. Like to I was like, we're gonna be in the fifties. Yeah. I, I know, know it. I would yeah, I would have expected it to be in the fifties too. Um, mm -hmm. I guess the regions with the lower scores tend to be in places like the Caribbean, Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Yeah, so the general assessment is that scores for a lot of regions are like pretty good, ours included. You know, we're surprised, and other nations maybe feel like that too. Um, Clausen, one of the experts on the panel, said that global scores have increased since 2012 for some goals, such as sense of place and clean waters. Uh, however, we observed some worrisome patterns for fisheries, iconic species, species conditions, and tourism and recreation. Obviously, with COVID, tourism and recreation has been insane because it's like whether your government says you can do things or cannot Things are happening on scales of 0 to 100. There's literally nothing happening. So now turtles are climbing onto these shores and they think they can lay eggs there. But in 2022, the tourists come back. And is that beach a suitable environment for those babies that have now learned that they can do that? So lots of different things to think about and analyze. And I'm so excited that there are so many people at UC Santa Barbara doing that for us. 
Yes, honestly, that's amazing. Um, One thing that kind of sucks about this, which again, going with the theme of this episode, good and bad, um, is that since the year 2012, approximately 82,000 species have been added to the red list assessment, many of which are classified as threatened, which overall reduces the scores for this sub-goal. Right, and the global assessments now conducted every year since 2018. It's been calculated by these Ocean Ocean Health Index fellows. Um, they have like this open science approach, you know, where it's really transformed the way the Ocean Health Index does science, and at the most important time uh, during this era where we're navigating, you know, excessive information. Bo Burnham, welcome to the internet vibes. <laughs> so the Ocean Health Index Global Fellowship. Um, it's created initially just to kind of familiarize a small group of early career data scientists with the inner workings of the Ocean Health Index, according to Clausen. Uh, he's a 2019 fellow, according to this article. So somebody working on the Ocean Health Index in 2019. Remember, that's when COVID first starts, the very end of 2019, and then 2020 is when it hits the fan. So things probably changed a lot, and there's not tons of research and like quotes Um, probably to include from more recent dates for that reason. But they say, looking ahead, the team's excited to conduct next year's assessment with a group of OHI fellows coming in, brand new, some fresh meat. They're going to bring new science, new data, and new ideas into the annual assessment of Global Ocean Health. Honestly, this sounds like a dream job, and I think Kayla and I would love to, like, just move and relocate our entire families and lives to force them to let us participate. (laughs) I would do it in a heartbeat, honestly. Um, It can be kind of scary in general to look at what humankind has done to our planet and our oceans, but I do feel like it's really good to inform ourselves about things like this, and I really love that the Ocean Health Index is taking this initiative to educate others by compiling all of this data and making these scores every year. With the theme of our podcast centering around mostly ocean lore, we think the health of our ocean and the health of, you know, the world and us, because the ocean directly ties to that, is of utmost important. Uh, We all know it's a heavier topic than mermaids and sea monsters, because it's the sea scary that is scariest, because it's the one that threatens our lives and ecosystems and seacoast societies every single day. Mm -hmm. So we hope you guys understand why we're breaching a topic of ocean health rather than the more mystical exploration we've Mm -hmm. gone with. Um, Our whole goal for this podcast really kind of does end there and informing so that we can eventually contribute to A, people feeling more magical about the oceans, but B, you know, being aware that we need to save them or like this planet is not going to be a suitable environment for our babies. And I want it to be. Yeah. 1000%. I agree with all of that. But with that being said, let's dive into some lighter waters and talk about something super fun. Patronuses. Is that Woo! Patroni? I don't know. Patronuses. Probably. Um, while our name for this podcast is derived from like gillyweed, which is a thing from Harry Potter, we haven't really had an episode where we talk about anything from the Harry Potter world that we love so much. Yeah, and if you're not super familiar with Patronuses, Patroni, Patroni, <laughs> Patroni. Um, I don't know. If you're not super familiar with what a Patronus is, uh, it's from the world of Harry Potter. 
Yeah, which, side note, we love Harry Potter and the world and the movies and the books. But be rest assured, this is not a J.K. Rowling stan podcast. Whether you like J.K. Rowling or not, whether you support her, um, I think most of us that have had to grow with what cancel culture did to J.K. Rowling and still love Harry Potter have had to go through these hoops. Jump through the hoop with us. And uh, <laughs> if you're listening to us, you're okay with the name Gillyweed Girls. So I feel like we didn't have to explain any of this. True. And I'm overthinking it because I'm a teacher. If you're super familiar with Harry Potter, excellent. If you're not whatsoever, a Patronus is like this magical protective force. It's an advanced form of magic where the witch or wizard casting the spell draws upon their happiest memories to produce kind of a shield to help protect themselves from dark magic. And specifically, we learn in The Prisoner of Azkaban, book three, movie three, Dementors, which are guardians of this huge horrible prison in the wizard world Azkaban um spellcasters can summon a Patronus and these Dementors which are monsters that like fly up to you and like suck out your soul but like they are not monsters I would almost call them like a species so like they have alliances and a government that is like hey uh Ministry of Magic like we'll work for you guarding your prison so the prison guards aren't going to get their souls sucked but the Dementors, like, can be called to action to suck souls. <laughs> Anybody that knows Harry Potter is like, wow, I've never had to hear this explained and this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like trying to explain what red looks like. Me sitting here just disassociating us. You, <laughs> that what is she talking about? As you give that whole spiel, like... <laughs> When spellcasters are able to summon their Patronus, they often take the shape of an animal, some magical creature, maybe one we don't know, but that exists in Harry Potter, um, but that is unique to the Witcher Wizard. I always kind of thought mine was an otter because one of the earliest Pottermore quizzes I took gave me otter. Um, my feet are kind of ugly, so like they look like otter feet. <laughs> I really like cuddling, you know what I mean, and floating on my back in the ocean has always been my favorite way to swim. Um, True. And I love the ocean, you know what I mean? And they just munch all day and they're so cute aren't they, they? Are so cute we also grew up otters. in california and we'd go to the monterey bay mm-hmm. aquarium because we lived in monterey like monthly and they were so cute yeah and they knew how to do tricks and stuff remember they were so cute yeah i, love I loved them but i went on my honeymoon and we went to Kauai in hawaii one of the islands and i think my patronus needs to be a sea turtle now i always loved crush and squirt more than any other character apart from like dory of course uh in finding nemo and loved the turtle migration scene you know righteous dude um (laughs) so cute i'd never seen sea turtles in real life apart from at the monterey bay aquarium or wherever i was lucky enough to see them you know behind glass in the water but at our honeymoon we went to hawaii and they were on beaches everywhere um but on our beach uh the one we stayed at near the royal senesta if anybody's familiar with Kauai, um kalapaki beach isn't like known necessarily for its sea turtles or anything um and when i asked like is there snorkeling out here they were like nah you don't really catch anything out here other than rocks and sand but like if you go on the other side of the mountains that's where the life happened we went to the gift shop so i see um a huge uh inflatable donut it's pink with sprinkles on it so funny and cute it's 30 dollars, and i buy it 
Um, it's massive. It can hold me and Anton, we discover when we get to the ocean. So dope. Um, uh, I also, next door to the donut, see a $10 snorkel and say to myself, that's $10. That's like a drink at Starbucks and that's going to let me see underwater when I'm on the donut. Dope. I'm getting it. So I grab the snorkel. We get into the water, we sit on the beach, you know, for like 20 minutes blowing up this massive donut and like laughing because we're dying and it's so hot and we're dehydrated and just want to get back into the ocean. We had gotten out because the waves were crazy and we were like, let's go get a floaty so we can ride over them because I'm tired of breaking my ankles like every time we land and the waves throw us. Um, Anyway, 20 minutes pass, whatever, we blow up the thing, get in the water and Anton is, of course, a gentleman and says, why don't you go first? And I put on the snorkel, you know, settle myself with my hands holding the little donut and put my face under. And under my leg, what had been hitting my ankle for five minutes as we paddled out, the fucking sea turtle, dude. It blew my mind. I was, at first, blew my mind is the only phrase I can use because like (laughs) I know sea turtles can't hurt me and like I know that in the wild a sea turtle isn't going to kill me but I like my life flashed before my eyes I was like my life is in danger yeah I was really scared it was big too it was my size you know that thing was four or five feet so I'm just like screaming and choking on water (laughs) get up and I'm like Anton it's a sea turtle. He's like, no fucking way. And then I'm like, take the snorkel. He's like, I've seen one. Put your face back under. And I put my face back under because he's been to Hawaii before and has seen a sea turtle. So fair enough. I really want to see this. We're going to miss it. And uh, it starts swimming off after it circles under my feet a few times. So uh-huh. that was magical. You know what I mean? It swam yes. off so fast and I didn't see it, it again probably on that side sh- of the Did you shake your pants? No, <laughs> dude. But stank no. <laughs> no, but. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this girl stinks. I, I want to see her. <laughs> Let me meet this stinky girl. <laughs> Maybe they liked me. Oh my gosh. Um, but no. So it was like, it was hitting your leg? Yes. Like no. Not hitting my leg died. too often. But because like when I swim, oh. I think of our golden retriever swimming. Um, this mm. is going to sound so stupid, but Brody used to like flop his legs out like a frog when he swam. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned to swim in California. <laughs> Um, with him, really, because before that I only oh, swam in Michigan. So me, Kayla, Brody, kind of like dying on the Monterey Bay beaches. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm frog paddling uh, in the water and like every, oh, it's not like every second, but like every 30 seconds or so my foot hits a rock and I'm like, that's no. so weird because we're like 50 feet out. How oh, is my feet God. like hitting oh. rocks at all right now? No, it yeah. was my turtle friend. And Two days later, we had done, um, like, we booked private surfing lessons because I have the worst anxiety on earth, and I knew that I was not about to do surfing lessons with anyone because I'm going to be really embarrassed and, like, snotting everywhere, and I was. It was so exhausting. (laughs) Um, But our instructor uh, had grown up training to be a monk and decided just in case he fell in love, he wouldn't become a monk until he turned 30. Um, but was talking to me about like his monastery work and, uh, his training and that kind of stuff and spirituality, um, native Hawaiian, of course. So like really cool conversation and I'm gagging at how much I love it. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. and in the salt water because I'm actually dying as I'm paddling (laughs) and, 
um, I tell him that I saw the sea turtle. I was like, I'm just scared I'm going to hit a sea turtle with my board. You know, do you guys see them out here a lot? And he's like, no, we really don't. And I was like, oh my gosh, the other day, like, I, and I told this story I just told you. And he went, oh, that means that you're going to have a long life. And I was like, what do you mean? Aww. And he told me this beautiful lore about, like, how sea turtles um, spiritually, like, I don't know, connect to you in some way. So I'm in Kauai surfing for the first time, talking to a monk and just feeling like the most spiritually zen I've ever felt on earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he says, oh my God. And I was like, what? I thought there was like a big wave coming right behind us. Cause there was, we were paddling up. He was like, okay, paddle, paddle. Cause we were about to stand up to catch the wave. He was going to push me the way he had done five times. And he said, it was right after I told the turtle story. It's here with you. Check it out. Look over your shoulder. And I turn around and little Mr. Sea Turtle has his flippers, his fins, like no really way. cutely poking out of the water at like an oh. upwards 45 degree angle, if you could picture that, riding the oh wave down. Gosh. And he says, stand up, stand up. So I ride the wave down mm-hmm. next to the sea turtle. I don't oh know if it was God, the same stop. sea turtle. Um, but he was like, Ugh. no way. Like, he doesn't come out too often. And uh, oh. I felt like so honored to be greeted yes. twice by a sea turtle. Nonetheless, like That's just crazy. scuba, not scuba, snorkel and surf randomly. Yeah. Um, yeah, always thought it was an otter. Definitely a sea turtle now. That's amazing. What's Honestly, yours, Kayla? I, I, I've never asked. We just took the Patronus quiz together, so I know what ours is together. It's a grass snake, which I think is so mm-hmm. cute because Checks how out, many grass honestly. snakes have we picked up in our lives <laughs> and, like, chucked around yeah. yards and, like, at <laughs> friends and how many times have yeah. dad picked up a grass snake and chucked yeah, it at us? At I think us, it's perfect. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, the grass snake is definitely the perfect Patronus for us combined. I love that. Honestly, I always felt like my Patronus or like the animal that I resonated the deepest with was either a deer or some kind of bird. Specifically, I had an experience with a barn swallow, which I'm not even going to go into it because the story would sound so stupid compared to your like magical, mystical no, tell it. story. Good and bad. No, good and bad. Good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, good. <laughs> The good sea turtle story. Kayla will have the shitty barn swallow story. The good sea turtle and the bad barn swallow. I thought that my Patronus was a barn swallow um, because when we (laughs) (laughs) when we (laughs) when we lived in North Carolina, we had this like cute, super tiny porch, and there was a bird's nest up in the corner, and there was always like every spring there would be cute little baby birds in it and it was also just like a time in our life that was really symbolic because we went from being like the family of just me and my husband and our oldest child to us welcoming my daughter and my middle child into the world yeah shout out to cora my Um, babies not my babies yeah (laughs) <laughs> my favorite babies your babies yeah um but it was just a crazy transitional period and it felt really wild um and so when Cora was a couple months old there were baby birds in the nest and so like we kept watching them and Camden was really into it so every day we would go and like check up on the birds and 
like one night I went to take the trash out and I opened the door and the like porch light was on and the mom barn swallow was like sitting up in the nest just like sitting on her babies and me and her made like intense eye contact and like I had just put Cora to sleep and like she was finally not screaming because she was in that crazy newborn phase where it was really hectic so I was like really like stressed and I like went out to take the trash out and like me and this mama bird just like had a moment and we just like looked at each other for a good 30 seconds before she like flew away and then I went to go like take out the trash but then any time that I saw a barn swallow after that I got so excited um so I don't know part of me feels like my Patronus has to be a barn swallow just because I've never felt that like emotionally connected to an animal that was not one of Mm. my pets before um however Mm -hmm. I took the Pottermore quiz and got a fox and honestly that checks out too I love foxes and any like I've only seen them when driving at night when they're like trying to cross the road and then I have to slam on the brakes to not hit it (laughs) however every time I've seen one I get so giddy and excited and I really do love foxes so much um, they also they're like are, the beautiful, mysterious, yeah. anxious creatures yes. of the forest, like and that is so anxiety, you. like hiding away from yeah. everybody, and you know they're cute, mm-hmm. they're little, um, they don't want to talk to you. So, and I'm not saying that I'm cute, but I am sure. <laughs> and I don't like they're people. cute, they're little, they don't want to talk to yeah. you. That is the gillyweed girls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is the gillyweed girls anthem. Hell they're that. cute, they're little, <laughs> they, they don't, don't want to talk, talk to you. you. That is a literally yeah. Like, I could be defined with that sentence. We need to make a t-shirt. I will wear it every yes, fucking day. that is gillyweed <laughs> girls on the front. They're cute, cute they're little, little, and they don't want to talk to you. Anti-social club. <laughs> Hashtag anti-social club. Yes. Um, so anyway. It might be blasphemous or, yeah. like, cocky to be, like, cute, but we're going to go on. with it because you know it's what? a cute sentence. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Um, but, yeah. So that's, I think that's my Patrona. Either a fox or a barn swallow. I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe, like, if they had a baby. Um, (laughs) a a fox with barn swallow wings it could just be like the entire cast of like the most aesthetic puppet show of woodland creatures too because I feel like as a kid for me your spirit animal was the bunny from Bambi um I don't know why but it totally was like you loved the bunny from Bambi when we were little honestly and then Marie from Aristocats no, it, it was, was before we moved there, and then we moved to Japan, really? and it was the first time a country printed it and put it everywhere. Yeah. So then we started being like, we loved this two years ago yeah. when we were five, and now oh, it's everywhere. True. You know what I Not five, because we, were, we, were, we loved this ten years ago when we were five, because we're in Japan at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I always thought that those maybe were yours, and... Mom and dad, you know, Dude, dad's the eagle, you know, maybe, protective, watching true, over us. Or Griffin, yeah. you know, if they are allowed to yeah. go into magical creature realm because he, like, fucks shit up. But we eagles are. do that Patronuses IRL. can be magic. Yeah. True. And then moms, I've decided lately as a black bear, um, I found a stuffed animal. I was, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in a period of mourning in our lives right now for the first time for real. My husband and I, husband. Um, which is so good and bad, black and white dichotomy. It's the first time I can say husband and, like, we're in the darkest time of our lives, arguably, we've had so far. So, um, we have been using, um, like, shopping for our loved one's Christmas presents as therapy the past couple of weeks because it's been very therapeutic in a really fun, festive way. But we, uh, 
you know, needed comfort and we were shopping for Christmas presents and I look at this big rack of stuffies and I'm grabbing things for Kayla's kids, um, for my students, and then I start pulling uh, things for me because I'm me and I'm a little selfish sometimes <laughs> when I am around stuffed animals. That's like one of the areas that I'm not going to bend, you know. Um, so I grab my dad and I grab my mom to put in my pockets for the weekend. I grab the person we lost to put in my pocket for the weekend. Um, and the one I grabbed that was mom was a black bear. And then I started Aww. thinking and I was like, throughout our childhood, like we really did have black bears in California. We started having black bears decorating mantles, the entryway. We have that big statue of the one with the fish in its mouth True. that they spent buku bucks on in Japan like that wooden carving um and then dad you know has the wooden carving of the eagle so i feel like if we were identifying our parents as patronuses mom's is a black bear dad's is an eagle you know what that that checks out i'm gonna go with for kevin either if we can go um like mystical creature probably dragon um and then if we can't go mystical Mm. creature for kevin i'll have to go what I just said. Elephant. Maybe Sunny yeah. the Rooster can be Kevin's Patronus. Oh my god. <laughs> so, viewers, <laughs> if you're watching, listeners, if you're listening, let us know. I promise I could talk about and listen to any human being talk about Patronuses, Hogwarts sorting houses, um, all of that, like for hours, I really could. Like, if we do a live stream, <laughs> if you guys are interested in us oh doing a live gosh, stream where you yes. tell us yours, we want to hear your Hogwarts house. We are the Gillyweed Girls, and coming into 2023, we if are the we girls. eventually gain a bigger community and maybe have a Discord presence, have all of these things, we can sort our community into houses. We could use oh. that to better understand everybody. You know, that's like a what's your major kind of question where like it's not an important question but it does tell you a little bit about a person um yeah what's your patronus yeah exactly so let us know yes, what's your patronus so shoddy 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 what's your patronus <laughs> if you don't know what your patronus is um which i mean it can really just be whatever animal you vibe yeah. with the most even like a magical and mystical creature um but if you don't know and you have no idea there are tons of online quizzes that you can take to find out so um i highly encourage you it gives you a lot of serotonin to find what uh, <laughs> what animal the online quiz thinks that you vibe with the most due to like your personality and your answers to the question. So if you don't know what your Patronus is already, I highly encourage you to go take a quiz and try to narrow it down. I hope that you are having the sunniest, shiniest day of your existence. And if you're not, I hope you know that it is always okay to ask for help from those around you who love you. Even if you've got that bell jar pulled over your eyes, you know, the Sylvia Plath vibe, and you can't see the light right now. Um, I see it. Uh, I'm looking at a, a photo that makes me happy. I'm reuniting with my sister. After not having talked too much, I learned her Patronus, and I actually didn't know that the story <laughs> about the, the mama bird, and that made me, like, teary-eyed, so... Like, sunny day for me, and I hope that you guys are all having a sunny day, too. 
I hope that if you're not um, listening to us talk about Ocean Health and Patronus, at least bumped your day up like half a notch on a one to a hundred scale. <laughs> like yeah. if it was 30, hopefully it's like a 32 or something now, you know? <laughs> hopefully we brought at least a little bit of 30.5. Maybe you giggled, <laughs> you nose exhaled like once. <laughs> and if you didn't, let's try to make you. Let's, okay. Uh, okay, outro. Okay. Wait, am I supposed to be freestyling? Kayla is the one that has children. <laughs> Kayla has. <laughs> so I hope you've really enjoyed diving through our sort of analysis of some good and bad things in the news. We don't want to overwhelm too much because I know every single morning, like if you guys get news notifications like I do, you get that every day. Um, we don't need to dive into it too much. But here's some ocean relevant good and bad news. Um, we have that was stupid because it's not news patron good news my patronus is a sea turtle <laughs> breaking news just this justin <laughs> thank you mean girls patronus is our sea turtle and, and a fox or a breaking fox. news she doesn't know. breaking news <laughs> That's so something I would say about us in like middle school. Like the Predmore sister. Amber Alert. So <laughs> Amber Alert. We've kidnapped your hearts, haven't we? God damn it. I hate myself. I hope you've enjoyed us unpacking light and dark, yin and yang, however you want to phrase, you know, what our theme was today. Um, can you tell we had trouble phrasing what our theme was today? Anyway, <laughs> let's keep that a secret. And uh, you are the reason we keep going. That one person, you know, you hear us talking to you? The one person. <laughs> the one person that there makes our that... twilight toes twinkle. I hope that A, um, you get a little bit of serotonin, maybe occasional giggles, uh, and I hope you guys are doing so well. I love you tons, and I have so much faith that each and every one of you are going to make the world we're living in a better place, and you all have those dreams that we have of sustainability and a cleaner world for our fishies, and I can't wait to see what we do with that drive and power and passion. Join us next week as we dive into some spooky yet mystical lore from the North Pole. Um, since, you know, it is December, Christmas is right around the corner. We're really excited to dive into those topics, so stay tuned for next week. I hope the rest of your week involves listening to Mariah Carey way too much, maybe <laughs> eating some chocolate if you like chocolate, and if you don't like chocolate, looking in the mirror and asking yourself, why am I even on this planet if I'm not <laughs> giving that a try just kidding maybe you're lactose intolerant then eat dairy-free chocolate guys it's worth it (laughs) scientists say it's the closest experience to an actual psychedelic experience the experience one gets when they eat chocolate out of so eat chocolate go eat some chocolate just do it you know there's a lot of you can get white chocolate or dark chocolate or medium chocolate or spicy chocolate or sea salt chocolate or caramel scorpion chocolate, chocolate. you could i bet they have literally it. like orange chocolate orange chocolate strawberry chocolate raspberry, raspberry chocolate oh, raspberry chocolate is a shit how can you say you don't like chocolate it's a genre <laughs> it's like saying i don't like movies or music or i don't like bread oh gosh thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode and we can't wait to talk to you again next week xoxo Killing it, girls.